Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's the bell. Soccer is in session here on the SDH Network. My name's Jason Longshore. Thanks for hanging out with us as we get caught up on soccer in Georgia schools and it's high school soccer season here in the spring. But the colleges are also starting to train, even play some spring scrimmages. So lots of stuff going on. And before we get started, we wouldn't be able to do any of this without the help of our friends, our presenting sponsor, Kaiser Permanente. We care, we advocate, we give, we thrive. Thank you to Kaiser Permanente for helping us cover soccer all over the state of Georgia at all levels. We've had a couple games of the week as of late. I wanted to catch you guys up and give you a couple thoughts on those. Let's go back to last Friday in Gainesville. Johnson hosted Gainesville in one of the many El Clasicos around the state. The Johnson girls got their first win of the season and looked really good in doing it. They played very, very well against the Red Elephants of Gainesville High School Big win on the girls' side. Boys game, you had a defending state champion, different classification, but a defending state champion in the Johnson Knights against a state contender this year in the Gainesville Red Elephants. And look, the game lived up to it. Johnson had more of the ball. Possession was maybe 60-40, maybe 58-42 kind of a deal. But Gainesville played very, very well. They answered back after Johnson opened the scoring. Looked like we were headed maybe to a draw as teams were kind of canceling each other out. And then just brilliant individual effort from one of the best players in the state, Jorge Sandoval of the Johnson Knights. Picked up the ball about 40 yards from goal, beat defenders, and then an an incredible finish into the far side netting. That goal made the difference. Johnson got the 2-1 win over Gainesville. That was last Friday. Last night, I was up at Parkview High School, the Big Orange Jungle. Walton was the visitor, and the visitors had a very 
very good night. Not many schools go into the Big Orange Jungle and take care of business the way that Walton did last night. The Raiders were so impressive. Let's start with the girls' match. 5-1. Parkview had not conceded a goal all season long. Stephen Gathany's side has been so impressive this season. The Panthers. Walton was at another level in this match yesterday. 5-1 winners. Emma Graham with two goals. It was mostly one-way traffic for Walton. I did not expect the game to be that out of balance. I knew that Walton was a very, very good team but I didn't expect them to be that good on the night. They were as good as we've seen so far in girls' high school soccer in Georgia, that performance from Walton last night. The boys weren't far off of that mark. It was a very entertaining game between Walton and Parkview. The Raiders end up getting the 2-0 win, second clean sheet in a row for Jason Varghese in goal for Walton. Owen Wolf and Noah Luzon had the goals. I thought Luzon was the player of the match in this one for Walton. Just a, a very strong, composed performance from Walton. But Parkview, and I said it on the broadcast last night, I didn't feel like they were that far off. The final ball or the final run or the final movement was just a beat off, just a step off. The timing wasn't quite there. The rhythm wasn't quite there for Parkview. But they are not far away from those things clicking into place. I think Parkview is going to be a school to watch as we get deeper into the season, we get into region play, and start to look at matchups in the state tournament. Parkview is one that if they can continue to build, you're not going to want to see the Panthers later on this year. Walton is already at a very high level, and I think there is room to grow. Last night, one of their, their best players, a player I've seen before in Cole Pumpian, wasn't all that involved, and he didn't really need to be. It was a team effort from Walton, but when you get into some of those big games later in the year and you've got players like Pumpy and like Luzon, they're game changers. Jorge Sandoval from Johnson, game changer. Those game changers can decide the big, big games as we get later on into the year, and I am looking forward to seeing more of them on our soccer down here High School Game of the Week presented by Kaiser Permanente. Let's bounce around the scoreboard from the last few days. And speaking of scoreboard, scoreboard.com, take the A out. So S-C-O-R-B-O-R-D.com had early GHSA rankings that came out. These are very early in the season. They came out this week. Not everybody has played a lot of games. Not everybody has played the same kind of schedule early on. There's some teams that haven't played very much. or some teams that have played a lot, actually. So take these with a grain of salt. But we're going to get caught up on some of the schools that were featured at scoreboard.com in this episode of Soccer is in Session. Let's bounce through the classifications. We'll start with 7A girls. Buford. Number one in the state. Four straight wins for them. Three nil winners on Tuesday at Peachtree Ridge. Huge game coming up on Thursday. There's a few of these around the state. But in 7A girls, it's going to be one versus ten, according to the early state rankings. The North Paulding Wolfpack will be traveling to face the Wolves of Buford. North Paulding, seven nil winners on Tuesday versus their rivals, South Paulding. Wolfpack are 4-0-0 this year. Buford 4-1-0. That's a massive match on Thursday. Highly recommend checking that one out. Already mentioned Walton and Parkview. Walton was number two. 
coming into this, according to scoreboard.com, Parkview number four, first loss of the year for the Panthers. Walton goes to 4-1-1 one, and one on the year. The number three team, Harrison, 8-0 winners on Tuesday at Kennesaw Mountain. Norcross was ranked number five, 4-0 winners on Tuesday versus Mountain View. Mill Creek, 4-1, they're coming up on a SDH game of the week. 3-0 winners in the girls' match Tuesday at South Forsyth. Denmark, coming in off of their first loss to Buford, number one team in the state, on Friday night. They bounced back on Tuesday, 3-0 winners at Northview. They go to 3-1-0 on the year. Brookwood, they suffered their first loss of the year to Norcross, who's number five. That was last week. 3-1 win for Brookwood last night at Collins Hill. They're now 4-1-0 on the year. Archer remains perfect, 5-0-0. They're ranked number nine, according to scoreboard.com. 8-0 winners on Tuesday at Clark Central. Let's bounce over to the 7A boys' side of things. Number one, Collins Hill, 5-0. They won 2-0 against Brookwood last night. J.P. Santiana and Anthony Herrera had the goals for the Eagles. South Forsyth, they are also still perfect, 5-0-0. 6-2 winners against Mill Creek. First goals they've conceded all year, South Forsyth. They're still number two, according to scoreboard.com. Peachtree Ridge, number three, also 5-0-0. 4-0 winners over Buford on Tuesday. Lambert, number four, 4-0-1. That one was a Friday draw at pace, 2-2. Lambert bounced back pretty well, 10-0 winners versus Cherokee Bluff last night. Mountain View, still perfect, 5-0-0, 1-0 win at Norcross on Tuesday. Burkmar's number six, according to scoreboard.com, 4-0-1. The draw was on Friday night at Cross Keys. They got a 4-0 win at 5A, number six-ranked Tucker on Tuesday. North Gwinnett, 4-1-0, 4-1 winners last night at Decula versus Decula. That was hosted by North North Gwinnett. Number eight. The Campbell Spartans, wild match, maybe the match of the night around the state. 3-3 draw in regulation. They did go to a, to a shootout in an overtime. But the equalizer from McEachern came with 43 seconds left in the match. So it goes to penalties. Grant Thomas, goalkeeper for the Spartans of Campbell, two big saves in the shootout, and they get the dub to go to 4-1-0. and Campbell will be coming up later this season on a SDH game of the week. Looking forward to seeing that team. Denmark. 1-1 comeback draw at Northview. Miles Miller had the goal for the Danes. They are now 2-0-1. They're ranked number 9, according to scoreboard.com. Forsyth Central, the Bulldogs, number 10, according to scoreboard.com. They had won back-to-back games, but a 3-1 loss last night at home against the Alpharetta Raiders. The Bulldogs fall to 2-2-1 on the season. Let's bounce over to 6A on the girls' side. Lassiter, defending state champions. It was a rainy, cold, scoreless draw on Saturday against Walton. They are next in action on Friday against number seven, Roswell, who also did not play last night. So one versus seven on Friday in 6A girls' action. Another big game coming up later this week. Marist ranked number two in 6A. They're coming in to last night's game off of a 2-2 draw with 5A number one team, Shambly. Marist, the War Eagles, got a 1-0 win last night at 
number three Blessed Trinity. That was a two-versus-three matchup in 6A. Marist got the win on the road. Blessed Trinity's now lost two in a row, but when you look at the competition of who they've lost to, the Marist loss against a team ranked right at the same level, just one spot ahead. They also lost last week to number three team in 7A, Harrison. So the Titans, Blessed Trinity, 2-2 two and two on the year in 6A girls, but don't let that record be deceiving. This is one of the top teams in the state. The Pope Greyhounds' only loss last Tuesday was, only loss of the year was to number two Walton in 7A. They're next in action on Friday at Sprayberry. They're 3-1 and one on the year, ranked number four, according to scoreboard.com. Number five, Alexander, perfect record, 5-0. and oh. They won three games last week by a combined score of 17-2. They're next in action on Friday as they host Lithia Springs. St. Pius, number six in 6A girls, 6-0 winners on Tuesday at River Ridge. Number eight, Lakeside. They had not conceded a goal before a 4-0 loss on Monday at Midtown. Midtown's number two in 5A, according to scoreboard.com. Lakeside gave up their first goals of the year in that loss. They did bounce back. They played again the next day, last night against Clarkston, 11-0 winners there. It's another quick turn for the Vikings. On Thursday, they will be at Druid Hills. The Noonan Cougars, 4-0-1 on the year, number 9 according to scoreboard.com. 2-2 draw on Friday at Northside in Columbus. They've got the week off before being back in action on the 22nd as they host New Manchester. And number 10 in 6A girls, Habersham Central. They have not conceded a goal all season long. Perfect 3-0 record. They're next in action on Friday against 4A, number 8 ranked Cherokee Bluff. 6A boys, Lassiter, also defending state champions, just like the girls. Now they're coming off of a 2-0 loss to Walton on Saturday. First loss of the year last night at Alatoona, and it was a back-and-forth match the Trojans got the 3-2 win. They go to 4-1 and one on the season. Johns Creek, four straight wins after an opening draw to start the year. 4-0 winners versus Marietta. Three straight games without conceding a goal. Walker LeCompte with two goals last night in the win against Marietta. Blessed Trinity, 6A boys, number three in the state. 4-0 record, 10-3 win at 7A Harrison on Friday night. Crazy result there. 4-0 winners last night against Marist. The Gainesville Red Elephants mentioned that loss 2-1 at Johnson. They bounced back last night. 3-1 region win at Jackson County to go to 4-1 on the year. Number 5 in 6A boys, Lanier. They picked up a region win 4-0 at Appalachie. They are 4-0-1 on the year. The Veterans Warhawks, number 6 in the state in 6A. Big 5-0 win on the road at Number five in 3A, Pike County. Veterans, a perfect 6-0 on the season. The Riverwood Raiders, 4-1 on the year. They come in at number seven, according to scoreboard.com, in 6A. Four straight wins. The only loss was to number one, Lassiter, in game one. 7-0 winners against East Paulding on Monday. Big game on Thursday. I mentioned Campbell in 7A. They will host Riverwood. On Thursday, another game on Thursday to watch out. Some big games already hitting the schedule this season in GHSA play. Riverwood at Campbell Thursday night. 
Pope Greyhound, 6A boys, number eight in the state, 5-0 winners against Wheeler last night. Rockdale County, a 1-0 region loss at home to Forest Park last night. They fall to 4-1 on the year. They were number nine, according to scoreboard.com. The number 10 team, River Ridge, also lost last night. 3-1 loss at home to St. Pius. 5A girls, Shambly, number one. They got the 2-2 draw against Marist on Friday. They are back in action against Blessed Trinity on Friday night. Midtown, number two, 5-0, the big 4-0 win against Lakeside on Monday. McIntosh, back-to-back losses for the number three team in the state, according to scoreboard.com in 5A. 4-0 loss at East Coweta on Thursday, an overtime 3-2 loss to number six-ranked Cambridge last night. Cambridge, they got two goals in that game from Aurora Gaines, two of the three for Cambridge in that. They get the win over McIntosh, who will fall down those rankings. We're going to see McIntosh next week as they host St. Ann Pacelli at 6 o'clock on Tuesday in Peachtree City. That'll follow McIntosh's boys facing Dalton. Loganville, number four in 5A girls, according to scoreboard.com. Perfect 5-0 record, 8-0 winners at South Gwinnett last night. They host Jefferson on Thursday. Jefferson's ranked number 10, according to scoreboard.com. Another big Thursday game. Thursdays are kind of a weird one. Usually it's it's Tuesday, Friday, although we do get some other days involved and maybe more now that GHSA soccer is growing. But Thursday this week is a banger of a day on the schedule. Number five in 5A, Greater Atlanta Christian, 7-1 win versus Athens Academy last week. They're next in action next Tuesday as they will host Tucker. Northside Columbus, 5-0-1 on the year, 10-0 winners last night at Troop County. Harris County, perfect 5-0 on the year, number eight in 5A girls, 10-0 win versus Troop County last Friday. It's been a rough go for Troop County as of late. Harris County will be at Eastside on Thursday. Northview, number nine in 5A girls. They lost last night 3-0 at home to Denmark. That was the first loss of the year for the Northview girls. 5A boys, McIntosh, 8-0 winners last night at Sandy Creek. They go to a perfect 6-0 on the year, and they will host Dalton next Tuesday, who was also a perfect 6-0 on the year. Dalton won last night 1-0 at Pace Academy. They had a weekend sweep at the Vestavia Hills Invitational over in Alabama. Dalton doesn't get to rest, though. Friday night at home, one of the many Classicos all around the state, Dalton and Southeast Whitfield. Friday night, that's at home. Dalton hosts it. But then Tuesday, turn around for a 4 p.m. kind of early kick on Tuesday in Peachtree City against McIntosh. One versus two right now in the scoreboard.com rankings. Number three, Clark Central, 5-1 and one on the year. Two no-winners last night against Archer. Thad Pruitt was the player of the match. He scored the second goal to put the game away. Fourth win in a row for Clark Central. Midtown, number four on the boys' side in 5A. They are perfect 5-0 and oh this season. Two no-winners last night against Lakeside DeKalb. Chattahoochee, number five in the rankings in 5A, but coming off of a loss now, 2-1 last night at Dunwoody. Tucker, back-to-back losses, their first of the year. 1-0 versus Clarkston last Friday. That's an underrated Classico in the state, by the way. 4-0 loss last night for Tucker versus 7A, number six in the state, Burkmar. 
Chapel Hill, perfect 5-0 record, number seven according to scoreboard.com in the 5A boys category. 4-1 winners versus Central last night. Greater Atlanta Christian, number nine. They are 2-3 and three on the year, but again, you look at the schedule they face. That's why they're number nine according to scoreboard.com. They're back in action next Tuesday against number six, Tucker. And number 10, Northgate. They come in off of a 2-1 loss versus Whitewater last Friday. Bounce to 4A girls. North Oconee, 6-1 winners at Madison County on Friday. They're number one in the state, 3-0-1 on the year. Holy Innocence, number two, perfect 4-0 record. 2-1 win versus number seven. Love it last night. Love it falls to 2-3 and three on the year. Perry is number three in the state, perfect 7-0 record. 10-0 win versus Westside Macon on Monday night. Westminster also picked up a win on Monday night to go to 3-0 on the year, 10-0 versus Southwest DeKalb. They're number four in the state. Heritage of Ringgold, perfect 5-0 record, 10-0 win versus Lakeview Fort Oglethorpe last night. Fayette County's a team to watch in 4A girls, 5-0 record, 10-0 winners last night against North Clayton. Annabel Orozco had four goals in the win, definitely a player to watch. Cherokee Bluff, number eight in 4A girls, 4-1 record. They come in to the week on a 2-0 win at Lambert on Tuesday. Southeast Whitfield on the girls' side, 3-0-1 record. They won 4-2 versus Rome last night. And Walnut Grove, first loss of the year. They were ranked number 10, 5-0 loss versus Eastside last night. 4A boys, one of the most competitive categories in the state, in my opinion, in 2023. When you hear some of these results, you'll know why. Number one in 4A boys, according to scoreboard.com, Southeast Whitfield, 4-0 record, 5-1 winners at Eastside last Friday, playing Dalton on Friday night. Johnson Gainesville mentioned the 2-1 win against Gainesville on Friday, 6-0 win on Tuesday at West Hall. They're a perfect 4-0 on the year. Westminster, number three, they had their first loss of the year, 2-0 Saturday at Vestavia Hills. They bounced back with a 10-0 win on Monday versus Southwest DeKalb. Druid Hills, 10-0 winners on Monday at Miller Grove, number four in the 4A boys. Number five is East Hall. They won Friday night in penalties against their rivals, West Hall. It was a 1-1 regulation overtime finish. East Hall got the win in penalties. Stars Mill number six in the state in 4A boys. They lost at Carrollton 1-0 last night, first loss of the season. Northwest Whitfield, who lost to Southeast Whitfield in the state championship game last year. Northwest Whitfield has had a tough week. They drew 3-3 with the Dalton Academy, who is 1A Division I, number seven in the state, but a defending state champion and not your typical 1A side. That was an, a really wild game. Uh, the Pumas uh, of Dalton Academy went up 3-0. Northwest Whitfield came all the way back to get the 3-3 draw. There was a lot of controversy in that one. Check out our friends over at Monday Night Football and WDNN to get the, the 4-1-1 on all of it. But Northwest Whitfield, after that game, last night at Sprayberry, lost 3-2. So they're 1-2-1 on the year. They're going to be a team to reckon with in the region. They're going to be a team to follow, but it's been a difficult go early on. 
in that Sprayberry win, Ethan Kim was the player of the game for the Yellow Jackets. He scored one of the goals in the 3-2 win. Pace Academy, number eight and 4A boys, 1-0 loss versus Dalton on Tuesday. That's loss to a 5A, number two team. So Pace Academy will probably stay in the top 10, 1-1-1 on the year. Islands had a perfect record coming into Tuesday night at Richmond Hill. Not perfect anymore. 3-1 loss at Richmond Hill on Tuesday. They're now 4-1 on the year. Perry, number 10 in 4A boys, moved to 5-1-1 with a 10-0 win versus Westside Macon on Monday. 3A girls, just a few results in 3A. Lumpkin County, 3-0 winners versus Union County on Friday night. They're a perfect 4-0 and number one in the 3A girl rankings. Oconee County, number two. Morgan County, three. Dawson County, four. Columbus, number five. They will be traveling across town to face Carver tonight. Hebron Christian Academy, number six. White County, number seven, 4-2 win versus Lanier Christian Academy last night. They're 4-1 on the year. St. Vincent's Academy, number eight in 3A. Bremen, number nine, 9-0 win versus Lafayette on Monday. Bremen is now 3-2 on the girls' side in 3A. And number 10, Cahala Creek, 4-1 on the year. Back-to-back wins, 2-0 at Dade County followed by a 4-2 win at Coosa Friday night. 3A boys, Columbus, number one in the state. They'll also be facing Carver tonight. You'll hear a little bit more about Columbus coming up in just a bit. Bremen on the boys' side, perfect 5-0 record, number two in the state, 10-0 win Monday versus Lafayette. Oconee County, 1-1 draw with East Jackson on Friday. They're number three, according to scoreboard.com. Cahulla Creek on the boys' side, number four in the state, 2-1 win at Calhoun last Thursday. Number five, Pike County, mentioned them earlier, 5-0 loss at home to 6A, number six veterans, last night. Morgan County ranked number six in 3A boys. Number seven, Hebron Christian Academy, scoreless draw last night against Lake Oconee Academy, who is ranked number one in 1A Division II. Scoreless draw between them last night. Jackson, 4-0 win on Monday versus Upson Lee. 2-1 loss at Union Grove last night. Jackson number 8 in 3A boys. 3-2-1 now on the year. Lumpkin County, 1-0 loss Friday versus Union County, but a 5-0 win at Lakeview Academy on Monday. Lumpkin County number 9 in scoreboard.com's latest rankings. And number 10, Harlem, 4-1 on the year. A 2-0 region win versus Academy of Richmond County last night. Carson Glidewell was named the player of the game in that one. 2A girls, Fitzgerald, number one in the state, 10-0 win at Sumter County last night. Providence Christian Academy, they are traveling to face the Walker School tonight. They're number two. Galloway, number three in 2A girls, back-to-back wins with a 10-0 at Kendrick last Thursday and then 5-2 at Central High School from Phoenix City, Alabama on Friday night. Callaway is at Hardaway tonight, trying to improve on their 4-1 record. Athens Academy ranked number four. Landmark Christian ranked number five. A 1-1 draw at Trinity Christian on Friday night in 2A Girls. You're going to hear a little bit more about Trinity Christian as well coming up in a bit. Model ranked number six. Fellowship Christian ranked number seven. A 3-1 win at Wesleyan on Friday night. They are hosting number three in 1A Division I, the Mount Vernon School. Fellowship Christian hosting them tonight. 
Fellowship Christian's a perfect 4-0 and on the year. The Academy for Classical Education, 1-1-2 and on the year, ranked number 8 in 2A girls, according to scoreboard.com. Number 9, Toombs County, 2-1 win versus Tattnall County last night. And number 10, North Cobb Christian, 2A girls, 1-1 one one on the year. Some of the smaller schools haven't played quite as much as, as you're hearing. That's going to pick up as the schedules start to get a little more consistent the rest of the way. 2A boys, Providence Christian Academy ranked number 1 previously. That might change after a 4-1 loss to Padea. Padea's number five in 1A Division II. That was last night. A big 4-1 win for Padea. A loss for Providence Christian Academy. They might fall out of that number one spot. The Walker School wants to get into that number one spot. 8-0 winners on Monday versus St. Francis. They're now 3-1 and one on the year. Toombs County, number three. They suffered a loss on the boys' side, 3-1 versus Tattnall County last night. Tombs might fall down the 2A boys' rankings a little bit. Callaway, 2A boys, they are 3-2 and two on the year. They're ranked number four. They are at Hardaway tonight. Number five, Pierce County, 4-1 region loss versus number nine, Savannah Arts Academy. That was last night. So five versus nine went the way of number nine, Savannah Arts Academy. They haven't lost this year. 3-0-1 on the season. Putnam County, number six. They have not lost either. They're 2-0-2, 6-1 win at Monroe area on Monday. Dodge County, number seven, first loss of the year last night, 3-2 at Worth County. Gordon Central, number eight and 2A boys. They are at Harrelson County on Thursday night. And number 10, Athens Academy. They are at 3A, number seven, Hebron Christian on Thursday Athens Academy, 1-3 and three on the year, but they've had a very difficult schedule early on. Let's get into the single A's. Now, it's divided into two this year. It's not public-private. It's just Division One, Division Two. I know it's confusing. Welcome to GHSA Soccer and welcome to GHSA Sports. It gets a little confusing as there's more schools popping up every year. A little hard to follow. Do my best here. 1A Division Two on the girls' side. Atlanta Classical Academy, ranked number one. Number two, Lincoln County. They won 6-1 at Jefferson County last night. Lake Oconee County ranked number three. Portal ranked number four, but they lost on Monday night 5-2 against the number seven ranked team in 1A Division II, McIntosh County Academy. 5-2 winners at Portal on Monday night. So McIntosh County Academy goes to 2-1 and one on the year. Georgia Military College, ranked rank number six. Number eight, Towns County, 5-2 loss last night at Hart County. Dooley County, ranked number nine, and Atkinson County, ranked number 10. They were 4-0 winners at Valdosta on Tuesday night. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let's go over to 1A Division II boys. Lake Oconee Academy. A scoreless draw at Hebron Christian. 3A, number 7 ranked last night. Christian Heritage 4-0 record, 7-2 win at Ridgeland last night. 
Georgia Military College is ranked number three in 1A Division II. Number four is Dooley County. They had a big loss last night, 9-1 at First Presbyterian Day, Dooley County's first loss of the season. They were ranked number four. Portal, ranked number five, 5-0 record, 10-0 region win versus McIntosh County Academy on the boys' side on Monday. Number six, Atkinson County. The boys got a win last night as well at Valdosta, 3-1, back-to-back wins for Atkinson County. Macon County, 2-1 win at Crawford County last night. Towns County number 8-2-1 loss at Hart County last night. Eccles County ranked number 9 in 1A Division 2, 5-2 region win versus Lanier County last night. And Atlanta Classical Academy ranked number 10 in 1A Division 2. 1A Division 1 on the girls' side. East Lawrence ranked number 1, 5-0 record, 8-0 win at Wheeler County last night. Scriven County, 4-0 record, 4-0 win at Metter last night. They're ranked number 2. Number 3, the Mount Vernon School, 3-0 record, 11-1 win at North Springs last night. Whitefield Academy, 3-1 record, 2-1 win at Mount Perrin Christian on Monday. They're number four, according to the scoreboard.com rankings. Number five, Commerce. You've heard from Scott Tolbert on the show. 10-0 win at Rabin County last night. Big game coming up for Commerce. They are playing the team right below them in the scoreboard.com rankings. Tallulah Falls, the Indians are traveling or hosting Commerce on Thursday they come into it with a 5-0 win in the bag from last night against Barrow Arts and Science Academy. They're 4-0 on the year. Swainsboro ranked number 7. Bleckley County ranked number 8. Three straight wins for Bleckley County. 4-1 versus Washington County last night. Paideia ranked number 9. And the Atlanta International School ranked number 10 on 1A Division I girls move over to the boys' side in 1A Division One. Atlanta International School ranked number one on the boys' side, a 10-0 region win last night against number eight, Kings Ridge Christian. That was last night. Kings Ridge Christian, third loss of the year, one and three on the year. They've had a very difficult schedule early on. Tallulah Falls on the boys' side ranked number two in the state, 4-0 on the year, a 4-0 region win against Barrow Arts and Sciences Academy last night. Whitefield Academy, 3-0-1 on the year, 3-0 win Monday at Mount Perrin Christian. Prince Avenue Christian ranked number four on the boys' side, 4-1 loss last night at East Jackson. Paideia got the big win last night against Providence Christian Academy, number one in 2A. It was a 4-1 win for Paideia. First win of the year, they'd had three draws before that against top teams. Bleckley County on the boys' side, number six in the state. Three-nil winners against Washington County last night. They're four and one on the year. Already talked about the Dalton Academy, ranked number seven, which feels very low for a defending state champion. Nine-nil win versus Chattooga on Monday. That wild three-three draw with Northwest Whitfield last Thursday. Dalton Academy, three zero and one on the year. Kings Ridge Christian, number eight in one A Division One boys. 10-0 region loss, as I mentioned last night, versus Atlanta International School. See how they bounce back from that. The Mount Vernon School, number 9, 2-0 winners versus North Springs last night. They are at Fellowship Christian tonight. And Mount Pisgah Academy, or Mount, Mount Pisgah Christian, is ranked number 10 in 1A Division One boys. It's a mouthful. It's a lot of schools. We're going to try to bounce through all the classifications all year long on – 
soccer is in session on our soccer down here games of the week especially once we get towards the playoffs we want to keep you posted on all the classifications because there's great soccer being played at all levels all over the state if you want more detailed coverage of the dalton area follow monday night football on facebook their show is on wdnn new episodes every monday night during the season on YouTube, look for WDNN. That's at 8 o'clock on Monday nights. And follow their coverage during the, the big games in the Dalton area. They were a huge resource during that wild Northwest Whitfield Dalton Academy game on Thursday. I was watching on NFHS and just absolute utter chaos. There were some baffling decisions that, that happened there. And I think the football goalpost might have got involved one time where the referees thought it was the soccer goalpost, and it was a little controversial in that one. Monday Night Football definitely had some takes on it. I've got a list of active Georgia high school soccer accounts on Twitter. You can follow that as well. Um, I'm at Longshoe on Twitter and any other social media platform, by the way. But if I'm missing your school on that Georgia high school soccer account list, let me know, and I'll add it. It's becoming a resource for a lot of people around the state. It's huge for us on game nights where we can bounce around the scores as people update their Twitter accounts and post information. It's super helpful. So at Longshoe on Twitter, any other social media platform, let me know if I'm not following your high school program, and that will be remedied immediately as soon as I see it anyway. All right, coming up next on the show, John Nelson caught up with Columbus High School boys soccer coach Ray Torres. He's got the Blue Devils at 4-0 tonight, crosstown match with Carver. Also, you'll hear from Mike Townsend of Trinity Christian, girls head coach. Both those interviews coming up next on Soccer is in Session, presented by Kaiser Permanente. Have you noticed bad behavior has become normalized at interscholastic athletic events? Some fans seem angry. They lack civility toward one another. Some even get aggressive and unruly. Time out! What is going on? This has to stop. Let's not forget, school sports aren't just about winning. And they're definitely not an excuse to take your frustrations out on the official or the opponent. They're about teaching lessons like perseverance, respect, and empathy, so students can learn and grow as people, not just as players. We all have a role to play in setting a good example for our students and teaching them these important values. So fans, it's time to step up your game and behave positively at Interscholastic Athletic Events in Georgia. This message presented by the GHSA and the Georgia Athletic Directors Association. Time for our in-session interviews this week. In-session interview number one. We go to the girls' side and catch up with a friend of the network down at Trinity Christian now, Mike Townsend, the head coach on the girls' side. Mike, thanks for hanging out with us and going in-session. Good. How are you? Doing all right. Uh, first question that I've got for you, those that know the network remember you from your time at Central Carroll. There's been a change in the business card. What's it like down there in Sharpsburg now for you? Man, it's fantastic. Uh, one of my good buddies, Lance Duncan, who we're kind of – He's technically still the head coach, but I'm director of operations for boys and girls. 
and just uh, trying to build a program on both sides. But uh, going from private school to public, man, it's, it's fantastic. When you look at the challenges, obviously reclassification in the state of Georgia has created some in a lot of the sports that we follow. Trinity Christian, they went to 5A in football, and if I'm not mistaken, it's quad A now. The What are the challenges in going up a couple of classes there for geography's sake, really, just to kind of keep things there anchored there in Coyote County? Yeah, For me, it's not much with change being in 4A at Central for the past six years, but for them, it's, it's, it's tough. Uh, you throw in the normal competition that they may have played with Pace and Lovett and now Westminster 4A, to the schools that I've been in, your Dalton schools, you know, as far as Southeast Whitfield and Northwest, 4A soccer is loaded on the boys' and girls' side. Now, when you look at the girls' side, I know that uh, the piece of trivia that uh, someone else who's pretty tight with the program and tight with us here at the network, we, there's some commonality there. Jessica Charman's helping you out this year. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, you know, we've been really good friends uh, for the past couple of years, and she lives really close. And when I got the the job, she reached out and said, hey, you know, if I've got some time, I'd like to be able to coach. And I was like, hey, you just – that's it. We're going to put you to work. Uh, and she's done a really good job. She's working with both uh, the boys and girls keepers. Uh, she, you know, floats more – well, she actually has been on the sidelines for boys and girls. And it's uh, – she does a really good job. Her background, her connections, um, she's top-notch. She, she really is good. When you look at the region this year, specifically on, say, the girls' side, uh, out of the blocks in and around 500 right now as you and I are talking, uh, let's brag on the program a little bit. Some of the folks that uh, folks need to keep an eye on. If they were to sit there and look at a broadcast and you have that the, the, the show opens and it's like, okay, who are we focusing on? We're focusing on these folks. For a TCS, who do folks need to keep an eye on on the girls' side this year? Uh, as far as opponent-wise, our region, you know, we have Stars Mill and Whitewater. And then you throw in LaGrange and Troop. It, it's it's pretty tough. It is. Um, I feel like that uh, Stars Mills girls are pretty loaded. They do a good job, you know. So uh, for us, we're rebuilding a little bit with girls. Two seniors, a lot of freshmen, and a lot of sophomores. And they've made some deep runs, and uh, when they were GISA, and then for the past couple of years in Georgia High School, they've made some playoff runs. But you know, rebuilding this year, uh, our goal was to get into the top four is always get into the playoffs. You know, obviously you want to be region champs so you can host. Uh, so, but I feel like the, you got to go through Stars Mill and Whitewater out of our region. Yeah, and you look at uh, what's been going on, recent results, a draw against Landmark, you know, lost to Harris County 2-0, and then obviously playing TCS out of Griffin, you put up a, a big number there. And, and having a, a young squad like you do, you know that, and as a coach, you know that you're hoping by the end of the season, you're getting deep into region play, that those young players that you have, they're not playing like freshmen. They're playing more like sophomores or like rising sophomores. Those sophomores are playing at rising juniors. That's the hope in something like this. And when it comes to all of this kind of growth, obviously, as a coach, that's what you're leaning toward by the end of the season, too. Yes, yeah, so, you know, just to. You know, put yourself in a situation where, you know, you have a chance to have some wins early on, some success. But, you know, Harris County, they're a solid team. They're, they're a good program as well. And you want to play tough schools, uh, but you want those baby freshmen and sophomores to have some early success uh, that rolls into region play. Yeah, and the thing is, is that as you and I are talking, I don't think that you've had a home match yet, have you? Everything's either been on the road or at neutral site. 
that's one thing that we're trying, I'm trying to get used to is uh, field space, uh, you know, between lacrosse and track and all of our, you know, middle school programs. And it's, it's kind of easier for us to, uh, to go on the road and play. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll have some home matches here pretty soon. Um, and hopefully in a couple of years, we we'll have a new high school, new stadiums and stuff built. So, uh, but it's okay. It's really good. You know, everybody just works together to make all the programs successful. Well, and at the same time, it's, you know, they say that necessity is the mother of invention. And what this does is it makes those younger players, uh, you know, understand what life is like on the road. So those games late in the year that might have that added importance, hey, we've been on the road already. We started our season on the road with our first handful of matches. We can handle that kind of adversity going forward. I think that, you know, you can take something like this and turn it into a teaching lesson for players. Yes. You know, sometimes it's easier to play on the road. There's less distractions. You know, when you're at home, you get that downtime from 3.30 to, say, you know, 4.30. If you're doing the boys, it's 3.30 to 6. You know, you're having to track your kids if you don't keep them after school. If you're on the road, you eat your pregame meal, you hop on the bus, and let's go play. So when you're looking at, say, the, the next little bit of the schedule on, on the girls' side, uh, you mentioned some of the, the region play. When you look at how schedule compression is, especially for younger players, I think is it something that they still have to get adjusted to where it's like midweek weekend, midweek weekend? Is it something that they still have to get adjusted to? Or has club play outside of school helped adjust to that to where it's not that much of an adjustment for them when it comes to the high school schedule? Let's go yes and yes. You know, obviously, if you're playing high-level club, you're playing two or three matches on the weekend. You know, you're training in the week. Uh, but for us at Trinity, in the, you know, since Georgia High School really has shortened our season a little bit, um, and then we have what we call a go week. So we missed the very first week of the start of the season to go on mission trips and stuff, and all of our kids participate that. So, you know, it's kind of yes and yes. They, they, we do a good job of making sure we have recovery days. Uh, you know, every Wednesday for the girls is a recovery day, no matter what. They do not play on Wednesdays. Uh, they do a part of recovery. Uh, our training staff, Coach Dan and our, our, you know, athletic trainers do a good job. We got yoga. They come into yoga parts, and then we'll put our film session in for that. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So, does, does yo- do you do yoga for both the boys and the girls? They're doing it for the girls right now. I'm trying to get my guys in- involved with it. Uh, we've introduced the ice bath, team ice baths to the boys right now. So we're taking baby steps a little bit. So, uh, but... I picked up the uh, the yoga part from Coach Aaron at, at Sprayberry. Man, he's a believer in it, and I, you know it's really good. Um, so we're 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 doing a little baby steps with it. Okay, uh, Mike Townsend, uh, guru of ops for both sides at Trinity Christian, focusing on the girls' side here for one of our in session interviews this week. Next on the ladder, a trip to Northwest Whitfield. You've got Heritage Noon, and then you come home for Fayette County to start things out in March. Northwest Whitfield, you mentioned the directional Whitfields. Northwest Whitfield, that is a pack-a-lunch and a dinner trip. 
maybe even a midnight snack on the way home. That that's really wanting to challenge these players to get them ready for that region play. And then in the postseason, because the possibility exists, you get into the playoffs as a three or a four seed. You've got those road trips that you have to tackle. Yeah, that's correct. That's actually my showcase. I put on a couple of showcases a year. And this year, uh, Coach Luis at Rome said, hey, can we have a showcase here? Because, you know, that is, you know, a hotbed for soccer at Georgia. Everybody knows it's awesome. So before I even took the job, I'd scheduled Trinity to play Northwest because, you know, obviously, you know, I always want to play the best. You know, on the girls' side, I know Coach Moore just retired. Uh, her assistants took over, but they're still good. So you get to play a good team there. Heritage, you know, is right down the street from us. Their girls' program is always good. And then I did forget that looking at it, Fayette is either 4-1 and one or 3-1, and one, and they've got a, a goal scorer there. Uh, I know that uh, I talked to Coach Char at Central because they just played Fayette on Friday. Uh, so Fayette, you know, is, is fighting for that one seed as well. So, you know, get a couple wins under your belt, play a couple hard teams, and then it's, you just got to play well, you know, and stay injury-free. You, you know that. Injury-free – uh, who's playing well matchups in region play. Mike Townsend hanging out with us from Trinity Christian. Coach, thanks for hanging out with us for one of our in-session uh, interviews this week, in-session interviews brought to us by our friends at Kaiser Permanente. Thanks again, Coach. All right, thank you. And our in-session interview continues with Columbus. And Columbus High, Ray Torres, the head coach down there at Columbus, with a team that has a bullseye on its back. Thanks for hanging out with us and going in session. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. So what is what's it like down there in Columbus, knowing that everyone is going to be chasing after you and, and giving you their best each and every time out with everything that you've built? So, you know, we we uh, we like to take that as a compliment um, because it kind of shows that what we're doing, the work that we're putting in, it's reflecting on the field. And, uh, and people are recognizing that. So we're, we're happy to be able to, to, to provide that to, you know, our opponents, a, a good challenge. And it's an extra motivation um, that what we're doing is working and we just have to continue to do it on the field um, and just be prepared for, for anything. It's obvious, you know, whenever you do have a target on your back, per se, uh, teams are, are watching your film, teams are talking about you. Um, so you just have to make sure that everything you do, you execute, you know, to the best of your ability. Um, so it's just a compliment more than anything, but also motivation for us to continue to, to just work hard. For those that don't know, can you talk through the build that you've been able to have down there in Columbus and what it's been like to from the second you walked in the door to where you are now and high double digit win seasons, limited losses, limited draws, deep playoff runs. What's it been like to build this to where it is now for you? Yeah, so. You know, we're fortunate down here. We, you know, we're at Columbus High School, we're um, high academic driven school. So we get a lot of, you know, kids that want to come here. And, um, and we, we, we try to, to make it a welcoming place, obviously. And you start off by walking in the door. And, you know, our, the, my first year here, I had a, a very talented team, talented squad. So it was just a matter of continuing with the results and, uh, and creating an attractive product, you know, on the field and off the field and um you make it make it something that more people want to be a part of and just share in the success with the community and i think that's given us the opportunity to continue to attract talent and then just continue to develop it once we're here 
So now the way that things are coming into the, the 23 season, how would you look at the the expectations that you have for this program coming in with the losses that you had? Obviously, folks move on with graduation and such. When it comes to this season, what were the expectations coming in? We we knew that it was going to be tough to replace the players that we lost, right? We lost, um, you know, our best player, I think, that we've had in this program in Dante, and, and uh, he alone could change the game. But we also have a lot of returning players. We're returning a total of eight um, starters from last season, um, and that's always, you know, healthy for the program. If anything, we just have to kind of change the way that we play, the way that we attack, the way that we defend, and, and have more guys involved. And they're all hungry and ready to step up. So, you know, we're, we're looking at it from, from that perspective. How can we build off of what we've done already and then just adapt to, you know, the new team in regards to how we're going to play our new, you know, game plan strategies, and then just being in a brand new classification where we don't really know anybody. Um, so everybody that we play is kind of kind of new to us. So we're having to really focus on what we're able to do in the areas that we need to improve. All right. So then now that you've said it, I'll go ahead and ask. You mentioned about areas that you need to improve. I know that we're early on here in the season, but what are those areas that you think you needed to you need to improve on as you're going through your non-region schedule and heading into region play? Right. So obviously, you know, bringing in the the new guys. Um, that that come in. We 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 do a lot of you know small scrimmages amongst the team. Uh, we implement new you know strategies in terms of how, how we want to attack, what what side of the field we want to go up through, um, and then just making minor adjustments. One of the hello. All right. Well, you're good. Uh, I'll just go ahead and ask the question again. Okay. Uh, uh, all right, so we'll go ahead and do a pickup right there. For those that uh, obviously there are folks that you know you lose you lose players to graduation things like that. Since you went ahead and opened that door, I'll go ahead and ask, what do you think you need to work on when it comes to this particular season here in non-region play to get you ready for season two, which is region, which gets you ready for season three? What do you think you need to work on? Yeah, for sure, it's just definitely. Uh, building that chemistry with the new guys, getting them in, getting them reps so that they're comfortable, you know, having the weight on their shoulders now, the responsibility on them. So it's really just about getting them as many reps as possible. Um, and, you know, beyond that, in terms of, of our game strategy, how we're wanting to play, is just adjusting to the new game plan, right? Where, you know, we might not be playing a, a, the same shape. Sometimes we do. Um, and it's just a matter of tweaking those things. If, if, if the distances aren't right, adjusting that. If the, the personnel is in the wrong spot, you know, just adjusting that. But, you know, right now it's kind of early in the season, I think, to really identify what are the major areas are beyond simply getting the new guys comfortable on the field. Okay, time to brag on some of your players here. Uh, for those who haven't had the chance to see you play and will see you in region play and look in a bracket and see Columbus, who are some of the folks that uh, need to be gravitated toward when they get to see Columbus for the first time? Who are some of the folks to keep an eye on this year? Yeah, I mean, I think the the guy to brag on the most right now is probably going to have to be our uh, our goalkeeper, um, Ryan Collins. He's a, he's a sophomore. Uh, what he did last season as a freshman um, was just incredible, and he's only grown. Um, he's got so much better, more confident. You know, is the true leader as a sophomore. Um, but we, you know, we have talent all over the field. We have, you know, our, our captain returning, um, Jacob Entlick in, in the midfield. 
Um, we have Jace Checalupo in defense. You know, our striking our strikers are are, are solid, and uh, Sebastian, Caleb. Um, I mean, we we we're fortunate that we have that all over the field for sure. So when it comes to getting to where you want to be, and I know that that means deep playoff run, chasing after a championship, and things like that. I know that the culture there in Columbus has really grown when it comes to soccer. If you could break down what the culture means, meaning soccer culture, there in the Columbus area, how would you describe what soccer means and what it can do to everybody down there in the Muskogee County and in Columbus? Yeah, I mean, it's it's huge, right? Um, I think, um, you know, from, from the rec level all the way up to the club level, um, just soccer in Columbus in general is, is, is starting to, to make a bigger statement. And so for us to be able to add to that, I think is just something that can help bring the, the community as a whole together. Um, and, and we just want to be able to, to contribute to the, the impact and the growth that, that soccer is having here in Muskogee County. So I think, a, a, you know, a, a deep run, a state championship win uh, from us would, would do nothing but help continue to explode that growth that we already see here. Ray Torres, the head coach for Columbus High, knowing that he wants to make a deep run in the playoffs once again for the the Western Frontier when it comes to soccer here in the state of Georgia. Thanks for hanging out with us and going in session and letting everybody know what's going on down there in Columbus. We'll keep an eye on you and see what's going on as the season goes along. Thanks for coming on with us and going in session. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for inviting me. In session interviews brought to us by our friends at Kaiser Permanente. Soccer is in session and it continues after this. Why are interscholastic sports called the last classroom of the day? Because they teach students important life lessons like teamwork, accountability, and perseverance. School sports are so much more than a game. They're about developing the whole person. That's why they're an essential part of every student's education. Encourage your student to participate in the last classroom of the day. Interscholastic sports in Georgia. This message presented by the GHSA and the Georgia Athletic Directors Association. Welcome back. Soccer is in session presented by Kaiser Permanente. Thanks for hanging out with us on the SDH Network. I'm Jason Longshore. Let's get caught up on a couple other bits of news before we go. Upcoming schedule as well. A couple of commitments in the last week. Calhoun goalkeeper Tatum Ballinger has committed to Shorter University. And Chattahoochee and also plays youth at UFA. Jess Askey has committed to Auburn University. I know John will be happy about that one. On the Georgia College side of things, Mercer, their spring and summer ID camps are now open for registration. Go to mercersoccercamps.com for more information. And we've talked about this before on the show. If you have a young player in the family and they are starting to think about the college side of what could be next for them, Go check out these different identification camps. It's a huge opportunity to interact with college coaches, college players, kind of test yourself and where you stand right now, but also build those relationships and find out if a school could be for you. It's, it's an opportunity to visit a school, see a campus, but more importantly, get to know a coaching staff and the way that they see the game because there, there's always a spot out there for you if this is something you want to pursue. You just have to find the right spot. 
for you. And it might not be the spot that your friends are going to. It might not be the spot that, you know, the, the, the paper says you should go to. You got to find the coach and the program that fits your style of play and your mentality and your personality. And also when we're talking about college, that fits what you're interested in studying. These are all important factors. The ID camps can be a big part of it. Check them out. Mercer, mercersoccercamps.com for their spring and summer camps. The, the registration is now open. Speaking of Mercer, they had a commitment as well. Maria Karapitis from Henrietta, New York, has committed to the Bears for 2023. Spring scrimmages, these don't count for competition. There's not a tournament in spring for the college side. But these games are important in kind of establishing the depth chart and getting ready for the big fall season. Those games are starting. Schools are, are dropping schedules, and some games are, are more publicized than others. This one was actually very public. Georgia Southern scoreless draw with USL League One champions South Georgia Tormenta. Friends from across town going to be sharing the stadium going forward. That was on Saturday, scoreless draw. Conditions weren't the best. Again, it's not about the results in these games really for the pro team or for the college team, but it's a huge opportunity to be seen, and it's a huge opportunity to build as these schools get ready for the fall. Upcoming games for us on the SDH Network. Friday night, we will be in Villarica as the Wildcats host the Lions from Central Carrollton. Tuesday, doubleheader, but a little bit different kind of doubleheader. We'll be in Peachtree City. McIntosh is the host. Dalton's boys are coming down for a 4 p.m. kick. And St. Ann Pacelli coming over in the girls' match. That's at 6 p.m. You can listen to all of those on the Soccer Down Here app, which you can download for free in any app store you want. And you can also listen at SoccerDownHere.net. If you don't get a chance to listen or you're involved in the game or <laughs> you're at the game and you want to hear it back, you can always download those as well wherever you get your Soccer Down Here podcast. Make sure you're following us on social media at Soccer Down Here. And again, if you have news from your high school program, from your college program out there that you want to share, Send it to us at Soccer Down Here or to me personally at Longshoe anywhere you are on social media. Thanks again to our friends Kaiser Permanente for helping us cover soccer all over the state of Georgia at every single level. School soccer is very, very important. High school level, college soccer, we're here to cover it at SDH. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for checking out the games of the week. Back on Friday and soccer is in session. We'll be back next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Have a good one. Mucha platio.